0: reason why we live is to worship and honor and praise and glorify God, to lift Him up and to give Him great glory. Um, Today, uh, we're going to be looking at an incredibly important passage. We're going to be diving into a portion of Scripture that is going to revolutionize your life and absolutely change the way you think about sin and uh, licentiousness. Now, this is a really important thing. So I'm going to pray, but before I do, before I do, I'm going to do a little, it's a little bit lighter, and um, and I just want to, uh, uh, you know, you're our family, and today, today is uh, my anniversary with my wife. Isn't that neat? Isn't that neat? Yeah. And so we've been together for about 19 years. Um, And, uh, but we've been married uh, for about 10 years. We weren't Christians when we met. We, you know, we kind of did the whole move in together. Statistically, that's a nightmare. But, um, but yeah, God came into the equation and, and helped us. And now, uh, you know, she's my precious wife who I love dearly. And I just wanted to wish you a happy anniversary, Liz. I love you very, very much. And, uh, you know, I certainly couldn't be here if you weren't there. And so uh, I just want to acknowledge how much I love you. And if uh, I had to do it again and I knew all the difficulties we would have gone through and uh, if i know, known then what I know now, I would still run just as quickly to the church to marry you because you're my beloved and I really, I really love you. And um, so you know. Okay. Now, we're going to look at an awesome piece of Scripture. And um, it's going to rock your world. It's been rocking mine for the entire week. And I've been really excited about it. So um, with that, I'm going to ask you to get to Galatians chapter 4, verses 8. I'm sorry, chapter 8, verses... Uh, chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. My mind will catch up. Um, chapter 4, verses 8 through 11. Let's pray. And let's seek the face of God. Father, You are everything that that video said and more. You are great and glorious. You are worthy of praise. You are sovereign and a joy to behold. You are glorious in all ways, Lord. You are greater than our greatest desires, Lord. You are more magnificent than our most wondrous wonders, Lord. You are God. And You are holy. And You are with us. And You are for us. And You have created us. And we are Your your creation. Father, I thank You for bringing those that have come here. I thank You for drawing them to Yourself. Lord, help us to pursue You and honor You. Help us to be broken. uh, And to seek You in humility. Lord, I pray... Uh, that those who have come in here with worries and anxieties, with uh, fears, um, Lord, that, that we would lay those all at your feet. That all of our hopes and dreams, all of our pains and our sorrows, all of our contentments and frustrations would all be laid at your feet trusting you to address uh, address our hurts to address our pains to address our losses and our fears to address the very things that we love so much that sometimes it takes the place of you so father help us to see you, seek you, love you know you and honor you And help us to know and hear your word. For we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Okay, in Galatians chapter 4, we are seeing um, Paul speak to the Galatians about the very thing that harms them and the very thing that they wanted to go back to. Now, um, if you've been here for a minute... Uh, you know, we've been going through this book of Galatians. And the reason that we've been going through this book of Galatians is because there's a couple of reasons. Well, let's, let's say. Number one, we really, really do. And, and I know that this might, not be your, this might not be your experience. This might not be your principle. But I just want to let you know that in, in, in our community, we absolutely love God. And we love God and we believe that He'll direct us. And one of the primary ways that He'll direct us is from the bible and so when we when we open up the bible and we read it and study it verse by verse chapter by chapter and we allow it to affect us and change us we are saying something about god and his word here's what we're saying we're saying that i have ideas i have thoughts i have perspectives i have um uh, philosophies i have uh, uh, convictions, I have all of these things, but more than those i god 's word supersedes them all, and that 's what we 're saying and that might not be your experience and if that 's not your story we 're just so glad that you 're here we 're glad that you 've uh, come to participate in this worship service, and the point of this service is so that we might grow more fond and more in love with god and so if you 're new and you 're here i 'm just so grateful that you 're here, but that 's why we 're looking into god 's word another reason. Is that God's word is powerful and 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 will change, and will transform, and will revitalize us, and so we seek God's word because we're emotions are fleeting, aren't they? Like, isn't it true that you know, like, emo, man, emotions are like emotions are not trustworthy. You know, all you have to do is all you got to do is be around a sixteen-year-old girl to know emotions. Our, our, our boy, they just go up and down, right? Like, I absolutely love him. I cannot live without him. He's my life and my all. And, and Susie, who's this? He's my boyfriend. Doesn't sound like the other boyfriend. No, because I, you know, I can't deal with him anymore. But it's only been three hours. And so, you know, right? And some of you were 16-year-old girls, and you know exactly what I mean. Um, guys, you too, but it's funner to pick on the girls. So, um... I won't win too many friends with that. But that's okay. So we're going to look at... Now, Now here's the deal. Uh, Paul, here's the big idea of today. This is exciting and this is extraordinary. And if you get this, you will understand why you fall. Have you ever been driving down the road of life, looked at the rearview mirror of your past, and said, what was I thinking? Like, why... Did I go down that road? Like, have you ever been driving down the road of life, looked at the rearview mirror of life, and said, What possessed me to go with that person, to take on that responsibility, to do that job, to wear those clothes? to have that hairstyle, right? Like, you, you, do you ever, like, did you ever, like, look down at the road of life and just go, like, right, you, you, if, especially if you've been, like, 10 years removed from your high school photo, right? And, and if you're like me, then all the girls had really super, like, super lip, you know, that, that, that thing that was on, right? Do you remember all the Puerto Rican girls with the big, right? Yeah. And they had the really big hair. And some of you Puerto Rican girls totally identify with that, right? You have the big hair. And, you know, let's not forget our Italian friends who still have the big hair. And we love them. And, uh, I, you know, I finished reading a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People. And it, it didn't take. Um, but, okay. But, yeah, you, remember, you know what it's like, right? You look at the rearview mirror of life and you go, what was I thinking? Why did I wear that? Why did I go out with that person? Why did I compromise my morals? Why did I do that? Why did And and for some of you you don't have to look at the rearview mirror of life. All you have to look is a couple of yards ahead. And you go, what am I doing? Why am I going in this direction? Why is there such hopelessness and despair? Why is the pain and the suffering growing so great and my joy and my peace growing so little? Why is it that everything in me goes back to that place that hurts me so much? I I, I think I'm not alone. When I I look in the rearview mirror of my life, on uh, on the road of life, on the rearview mirror of my past, and just ask those questions. I, I I think that if I passed that microphone to each person around here, you would be able to tell the story of how you gave your love, your allegiance, your affection, your time, your talent, your finances, your energy, how you gave all of that, or some of that, or any parts or combinations of that, To someone, something, some cause, some principle, and you regret, you're just like, man, I wish I hadn't done that. I wish I hadn't fallen into that kind of deal. I mean, it happens in relationships most frequently, right? You say, I'm just going to be with this person for the rest of my life. And you start behaving that way, right? You're a teenager, right? And you start behaving that way. And you just say to yourself, you know, this is what you said. You said, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm going to be with this person forever. So anything that they ask, I'm going to give them. Like that's just the way it is, right? And so guys, we go into debt, right? And we're just just trying to love and impress the one that we love And girls, right? We, We give over very sacred things about us. To those right. It's, it's interesting, right? It's been said. And I, and I, I kind of believe this. Guys use um, love to get sex. Women use sex to get love. It's just a different perspective. But we've all been in that place. Isn't that true? We've all been in that place where we've given ourselves over, given and even even if it compromised our morals, even if it compromised some some uh, uh, instruction that we were given, even if we were given better direction, better insight, better guidance, and we said, you know what? I'm just not going to follow that. I'm just going to do it because the emotions are so powerful. And a lot of us, you know, again, if we pass that microphone around, a lot of us would have long stories to tell. Some of our... <clears throat> some of our stories would last for over you know for a summer and we'll be like oh yeah you know and you can almost laugh about it now and some of this stuff is not funny at all at any stage of life like you just hurt yourself okay paul is going to speak to that thing that causes us to do stuff that hurts us the bible through Paul the Apostle, is going to speak to us to that thing that causes us to harm ourselves. What is it that drives us so strongly to blow past the red flags, to go past the signs that say, Dead end, road ends, danger. What is it that has us blow past those signs? The the answer is going to be a little bit shocking and not intuitive. I'm going to have to actually explain some of the answer. But what I want you to do as you listen to this is I want you to be very open I want you to sort of listen with your heart and I really want you to to sort of absorb what Paul is saying. I'm going to read it again. It was just, I mean, it was memorized by John who did a great job reading. I love that. You guys should do that. John has a, uh, uh, just a, a beautiful thing about him that he just memorizes scripture and all it is is that he just takes the time to do it. And I, I just love that. I, I mean, I look forward to the day that John has the whole New Testament memorized, which is totally possible for him. And so, no, I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I have chapters memorized of the Bible, and, and, my, and my daughter has chapters of the Bible memorized, and my wife has it, and my son is trying to memorize Romans chapter 8. So it's not impossible. It's, it, it can be done, and if anybody can do it, he can. Um, I, I, I'm real proud of him. Um, but we're going to read God's Word, and it's really going to. So I'm going to read it again. And again, it's going to strike you. You're going to go, huh? What does this have to do with today? What does this have to, you know? And you might have said that already with John Reed, but it's you're going to see how uh, shocking this really is. Formerly, uh, verse, verse eight, chapter four, verse eight through eleven, the Bible reads: Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who, by nature, are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it? that you are turning back to those weak and miserable principles. Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You're observing special days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you that somehow I have wasted my efforts on you. What happened? Paul goes and he plants a church, um, uh, several churches in Galatia. Don't think church. When you think of church church, in the Bible and you think of what you think of church today kind of different deals the church is a group of people it's a gathering it's not an address it's not a set of bricks that have been put adjacent to one another in order to create a building the church is not a building the church is not a set of bricks it's not stained glass it's not organ it's not nice seats or not nice seats the church is an organism it's a body It's a group of people coming together to glorify Jesus. Even when that group of people are not necessarily together and they're outside in the world, that group of people is still called the church. And we've learned over and over and over again. I wonder if you can, you know, play play along with me. We learned that we don't go to church. We are the church yes absolutely we are the church that if people are going to feel the hugs of Jesus it's because they're going to feel our hugs if people are going to feel fed if if man if the people in Haiti are going to be feeling the experience of Jesus during such a tragic time in their lives they're going to have to experience it through us which reminds me that if you have um, here's, here's the good news I'm a missionary does everybody know that I'm a, I'm a missionary? I'm a missionary with Missions Door, and um, uh, I'm a missionary with Missions Door, and my missions organization sent me here, and you know, God called me here, and it's pretty cool, but here's the deal, um, that missions organization has missions, uh, missionaries all throughout, do you know that we have missionaries in Haiti? So people were already there, listen to me, people were already there before the quake hit, and they're going to be there long after all the other help leaves, so there's this spot and i just this is just like a little commercial break just if you want to give and i know some of you if if your heart has broken like mine at what's been going on in haiti we have people that are already there trying to serve love and help the people what they need are resources because as you can imagine everything was destroyed and so um on the screen you're going to see nope you're not going to see it you're, uh, the um, the uh, the name if you go to www missionsdoor.is a comorg right .org www.missionsdoor so it's one word missionsdoor.org you can give financially to those now none of the money comes to me. But you, you're going to give financially, and those people who are there who need medical supplies, who need, you know, their building fixed, who need, you know, in order to serve the population that they're in, they're going to receive those funds. And you can know that they were there long before the earthquake. They're not going to be there for six months or a year. They're going to be there for a long time. And by the way, if you see my name in there, feel free to donate to my mission, and, you know, and stuff like that. But um, just so you know. And so... I digress, but no, it's just really, it's, it's really, really important that, listen, if people are going to sense the care, the medical treatment, the love of Jesus Christ, that they're going to experience it through the church, they're not going to experience it through bricks and mortar, they're not going to experience it through stained glass and organs, they're going to experience it through the people of God being very generous with their lives and with their finances to free up uh, people and maybe free themselves up so that they might be able to serve the people in the worst of conditions. God knew that that earthquake earthquake was going to hit, and He sent people there beforehand so that there could be mercy and love and His His love and His mercy could be expressed in ways that are incredible. But this is the church, and the church we are the church, and so. When Paul is planting churches, he's planting people. So they, they didn't have buildings like this. When Paul was planting churches, they had, they had little communities of Bible-believing Christians. They were in homes, and they would meet. Not like you know, they of course Sunday was a their very special day of meeting, but they met just every day, and they ate together and broke bread together. And they remembered Jesus and they spoke to one another and they were taught God's word and they were preached to and loved on. And so these are the people. This is the church that Paul is writing to, this church that he planted in Galatia. Several different houses all over Galatia. It's beautiful. Now, listen to me. This is powerful. After Paul left, there was a group of guys that came over and they want they saw this little baby baby congregation and they said oh Jesus is just fine but you need to add this and this and this and this and this you need to add laws and ceremonies you need to add uh, um good works and and obeying the the ten commandments you need to add all of this and listen to me some of you have been in churches where that's what they did if listen if you put on makeup you don't belong here if your if your dress code wasn't in a particular fashion you don't belong here if your length of hair wasn't in a particular. Men, you had to be super short. You can't, I mean, you know, try proving that in the Bible. Women, you had to be really long. And you come from places where they say, oh yeah, it's Jesus. For sure it's Jesus. You gotta love Jesus. Yeah, Jesus is a big deal. But let's not forget hair length. Let's not forget coming to Mass in the morning, and, you know, and every day, and, you know, let's not forget the service, you know, hey, listen, let's not forget all of the responsibilities that comes with it, well, that was the opposite of Paul's message, Paul's message was this, Paul's message is, I wonder if you guys remember this, right, Jesus plus nothing equals the gospel, it equals salvation, it equals sanctification, it equals the gospel. It equals, But we can say just for everything that we talked about, it equals the gospel. So let's say that together. Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. Shocking! Shocking! Because you still think I've got to add something to, you know, yes, 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 it's Jesus and he certainly paid for all my sins. For sure, I won't, uh, you know, uh, argue with that. But I better be good And I better be good for goodness sake. (laughs) I better stay on my P's and Q's. It's of course. Now, some of you right now, you're feeling very uncomfortable. You might be thinking I'm a heretic. You might be wondering because you come from churches like that and that's exactly what you think. And it's very uncomfortable. Paul, in his words to the Galatians and to us, Paul says something that's scandalous. He goes, Listen to what Paul says again. Formally, in the past, when you did not know God, when you weren't, when you did not know what Jesus had done, when Jesus had not been revealed to you, back when you were just being good for goodness sake, formally, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. Now, this is hinting towards the place where we need to go as people. Where what we talked about earlier, about those things that we fall to. So I really need your ears to perk up. Because we're getting to, remember what we were talking about, looking at the rearview mirror of our lives and feeling that pain? He's talk, now watch this. Slaves to those gods, tiny G. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, now watch, I, I, I'm going to get back to this. This is too powerful to skip, but I'm going to get back to this. Give me a second. How is it that you are turning back to these weak and miserable principles? There are weak and miserable principles and gods that will ruin your life and that the devil would be very happy if you attached yourself to, even if it made you a good person, even if it made you a nice person, even if it made you better than your neighbor, the devil would be very, very, very happy and he calls them, listen to me, he calls them gods and miserable principles Listen, this is big. This is big. Because in the time that Paul is writing, the people that Paul is writing to had gods. I mean, real carved out images, idols that they would put. Up. Now, it, they, they had, I mean, there was Persephone, there was Zeus, there was Hermes, there was, you know, there was all these gods, right? And they had a, a you know, if you're, for farmers, you had a god of the harvest, right? And so you prayed, "Oh God of the harvest, or God of the weather, won't you please let it rain and the sun and the dew seasons, right?" And if you were uh, on the seas, you had a god to help you with the seas. Oh God of the sea, and you know, won't you please not give us great tempests and all this other stuff? If you were, if you were looking for romance, you would pray to the We still have that stuff today, right? Anybody take Viagra? Like we got? Oh please. Let me perform, let me, let me find the right one, let me be this way, right? And so we have these gods, they had these gods that they submitted to. And they looked for, for everything. And Paul says, why would you go back to that? We've got Jesus. We've got the real thing. We've got the one who gives us joy and peace. We've got the one who takes away our anxiety. We have the one who gives us the celebration of our soul and the joy of our life. And he gives us a future. And he's the one we can rely on. And we've got Jesus. And these guys were convinced it's Jesus plus Something. And so they needed that something. Yes, 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 you have Jesus. Listen. Yes, 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 you have Jesus. But listen, if you want a good crop, you've got to also pray to the crop God. Because of course they submit to Jesus, but you know what? We've got to be on their good sides. Paul says, These are idols and these will destroy your life. Now listen to me. Listen to me. Do those idols still exist today? Absolutely. See, idols are simply anything or anyone that you rely on for joy, peace, satisfaction, comfort, or or peace. That's all an idol is. Do we have? we're, We're getting somewhere now. See, when you and I, now let's go back to what we were first talking about. When you and I go back to those miserable principles, those principles, listen, there were principles that you lived by before you ever found out about Jesus. Isn't it true? I don't even have to explain that too much to us. There are ideas and thoughts that we lived by. For instance you might have had a principle that if I'm in a bind the way to get out of it is to lie that's what will get me comfort and peace in that moment if if I have a relationship then then what I have to do is do whatever they ask me to do in order to keep them if I have if I have Uh, 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 a system that I think that will help me, for God to like me more, then I just have to keep on obeying that system, being good, being kind, being generous, being all these things. Now listen to me. These are useless by the time you get to Jesus. Now Paul acknowledges, I understand. Listen, if someone, listen, if somebody yells at you, right? Right? There was a principle. And she goes, oh, but they don't understand who I am. They don't know who they're talking to. You know what? They just don't have a clue. I need to inform them. And with raised voices and passionate pleas and great arguments, listen, that if it's, if they're, some of you believe that, you know, and this is the principles, the miserable principles, that if it's got to be, it's up to me. And so, everybody around you calls you... Everybody, you know, you get called names when that's your deal. Control freak. You get called, um, you know... Listen to me. Why? Why? Because there were miserable principles. There were gods that you bowed deep before. We all have this. And if you've ever... So, what we have, Paul will say... That whatever we, whenever we sin, it's not just a sin. There is a God that that chain is attached to. There is a God who has grabbed a hold of us and will tug on us who's really pulling the string. There is an idol that will make us do these things. This is fascinating. Listen to this. He goes, How is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable principles? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You're observing special days and months and seasons and years? Listen to me. Listen to me. The devil wants nothing more than to have you enslaved by these idols. These idols are... Are as many as the, for as many people as there are in the world, there are idols. For as many ideas as there are in the world, there are idols. It's the thing behind the thing that you do that hurts you. The thing behind the thing that you do that hurts you. Why? Why do I keep on going? Like this guy, he, I know all he wants is to get his own pleasure. I know that all he wants is, you know, he's not calling at 3 o'clock in the morning to find out how I'm doing. He's calling at 3 o'clock in the morning for a particular purpose. He wants to use me to gratify him. I know that. And yet here I go picking up the phone. And here I go going, no, I don't think, well, okay. And here I go. (laughs) And here I go leaving here I go, leaving at 5.30 in the morning, wondering to myself, I'm just dirty. I just don't feel right. What is that? There's a thing behind that thing. Listen, listen, it doesn't, it's not just sex. Listen, listen, this goes everywhere. What is it that has me look on the rack, pick it out, know that I can't afford it, know that I cannot I I just can't, I can't pay the minimum on this, right? With all my other bills, I will not be able to keep up with this. Pick it off the rack or take it from the thing or try it on or, you know, look at how nice they look and, right, and, and watch this and purchase it. Have you ever done that and then gotten home and go, oh, I'm going to be paying for it. Listen, you suffer with idols. If you have clothes in your closet that still have tags on, you suffer with idols. <laughs> if you find yourself going back to the same girl, if you find yourself going back to the same girl with a different name, there's an idol that's calling the shots. Crazy, right? You just think it's bad decisions. Yeah, it is bad decisions. You just think it's sin. Yeah, it is sin. Listen, it's more than that. It's your idol. It's the thing behind the thing pulling the strings. And so, so okay, so I, I have this problem, right? My, and my, my security doesn't come from Jesus, I know, I mean I believe Jesus I love Jesus I know Jesus it you know so I say that it comes from him but if you dig down deep in my heart my security comes from my pay and so when I lose my job I say this where is god and in in a way you've said a true statement because you're not talking about the real God. You're talking about the God who's supposed to give you your paycheck, the one that you bow down to, the, you know, the, 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 the check God, the money God. You see? So when you say, where is God? I could say he left when that, when that company fired you. Because that's your God. Listen, how do you know? How do you know what your idols are? How do you know what your idols are? that thing that if you ever lost it you would be in the point of despair that's your idol let me tell you another way you can find out what your idols are your idols are the things that you have to force yourself to stop thinking about like that if you like if you're following jesus and it just naturally with no help at all from the outside no help from any literature no help from anything your your brain just naturally Goes back to that idea, thought, you just discovered an idol. And it is what it is what's pulling the strings in your life and will make you a slave. The devil will be very happy. This could be good things. This could be natural things. This could be wonderful things. Listen, an idol or sin is not. A little idea or a little action on a bad thing. An idol or sin, you know what it is? It's an over idea or an abundance of an idea of something good. So here's what I mean. Your kids can be your idol. If your kids don't turn out in a particular way, if that's going to mean suffering and death for you, we just found your idol. Stand back. They're calling the shots. If... Listen to me. If your lover says, you're going to go to church, I'm leaving. And you choose the lover over Jesus, we just discovered your idol. Listen. If you're willing to compromise your morals for that promotion... We just discovered your idol. It's just a little lie, you say. It's just a little. It's, it's, I'm not, listen, I'm not going to do it forever. It's, no, 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 listen. You're just being consistent with your idol. What was I thinking, you'll say. Listen, there's a bunch of people in Enron that were asking themselves after everything collapsed and after, th- I mean, just the carnage that happened with that debacle. I mean, it was just... Right, right. Does everybody know what I'm talking about, right? These guys from Enron, the big wigs, they just kind of went on their own way, started to make... They just made decisions consistent with their God. It, it, it's... its its a, Whenever you find someone acting erratically, and you go, wait up! But they did this this time, and then they did this this time. For instance, they said, you know, um, they, they latched on to... That gambling addiction. But and then when they got into this stock trader thing and they, and they latched on to that, well, they're just being consistent with their God. What do we do with that? That it's possible that you and I could love Jesus and still, listen to me, if what you fear, find out what you fear the most because that which you fear that which you're afraid of losing, that is the God in your life. If that's the case, how then, dear, dear brothers and sisters, how then? So what am I saying? I'm saying that you don't have a a pornography problem. I'm saying that you have a worship problem. I'm saying you're worshiping the wrong God. That you're looking for... Gra- now watch this. Guys who watch pornography are the same guys who are like forcing themselves to get, climb up the ladder of success. I understand. And by the way, there's a way you can, you know, don't, don't hear me say that you shouldn't <clears throat> strive to be the best you can be in the art or the craft that you're in. But listen to me. It's a power thing. There's few gods and they come out in, in, in different ways. One of the ways is power. And so guys will watch pornography so that they can be powerful that they could dominate, that they could be seen as strong. And, and so it's possible for you, listen, it's possible for you to come to Christ, be totally addicted with pornography, be free from pornography, and because the, the issue was is power and not just, just watching images, it's possible for you to not be kind when you talk to people about Jesus to try to dominate the conversation when you talk to people about Jesus, to try to overpower other people's arguments. Why? It's the same God. It's the same God pulling the same strings, only he's just acting in different ways. It's possible that if you're security, if you find your security in something else, it's possible for you to leave that job that you gave. I mean, you ruined your last relationship over this job, right? But then somebody with a lot of wealth comes by. And then you go, wait up, I can find my security with her. And you, you latch on to her. It's the same God. It's security. The thing that you're looking for the most is security. And here's the thing. Security, is it bad or good, class? It's good. Nothing wrong with security. Who doesn't want security? I want security. You want security. Sin and idolatry is not a little bit a little bit of me going after something evil. It's an obsession of me going after something good. It's making something good into something God. And so when we pursue those things, let me tell you what my God's been for years, and I still wrestle with this God. Being good. I tried to be good for my dad and it didn't work out. I tried to be good for my parents and it didn't work out. Because I, I just it was never good. And then I came to Christ. And I said, man, if I pray more. And honestly, man, I pray more than anybody else here, man. I can say that with confidence. Right? I mean, I pray for hours and hours and hours a day. I read the Bible. A lot. And I, and I just try to, you know, I, I mean, I pull over. When I see people on the road, I pull over and try to help them. And, you know, my wife always goes, all right, you going to do it now? I'm uh, like, yeah, I got to do it. You know, it's just gonna, Right. There was a fight. No kidding. I'm an old dude. There was a fight on Flatbush. And I'm talking, punches are going like this, and I'm trying to pull them apart. Not wise. Not good. It was pretty... No, nah, I won't tell you the whole story. It was funny, and you'd like it, but it had nothing to do with what we're talking about. But, all right, so so we... So I'm pulling the guys apart, right? And they're throwing punches. And the one dude threw a punch that just like grazed my nose. I said, if you hit me, it's on. And I was like, Jesus went out the way. I said, if you punch me, it's on. I said, you're going to be fighting two people. And so, and so, and unbelievably, he calmed down. And so, but there you go. And I'm sure that there's a God in that somewhere too. You know, it's, you know, I'll defend myself rather than God. But um, all right. But here's the thing. I try to do, here's the thing. I try to do something good. So you know what my you know my chief God that I run to? It's religion. I run to that God. This this series isn't for you, it's for me. I, I just run to that God. If watch this, there was a time in my life that I really believed that if I did good, God really heard my prayers, and that when I blew it, I couldn't pray to God. He didn't want to have anything to do with me. And I'm talking about loving Jesus and preaching grace. I just, I, you know, I had grace for you guys. I just didn't apply it to myself. And so there was a time that if I really blew it, like I went back to one of my sort of darling sins, you know, you know like one of your darling sins, right? Don't you have a sin that you don't want to call a sin? You kind of give yourself an excuse that if anybody else did, you would go, "Woo, that's sin. But for you, you give all the excuses in the world why you can do it and it's okay, right? Your darling sin, right? Yeah, 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 that's sin. When I go back to my darling sin, I go, God, God doesn't want to hear me. What God is the person controlled? The one who says that I can't forgive myself. I can't, like the Christians that say, I can't forgive myself. There is a God. And here's what it is. There is something that you did that took away something that you think is valuable and you can't be happy unless you have that valuable thing. Let's say it's your kids. Let's say you raised your kids and you were using drugs. Let's say you were raised your kids and you blew it 15 different ways. Let's just say that. And you were raising, as you were raising your kids, you saw your kids, and you want healthy, whole, productive, God-fearing children. But what you got was a, just a bunch of people who used drugs and hurt themselves. Right? And you go... I know that God forgives me. Here's what you say. I know that God forgives me, but I can't forgive me. You know what? We just discovered your God. We discovered that Jesus is not your peace only if you'd have had kids that would have been productive members of society, would have been healthy and whole. That's your God. And that God will never be satisfied. That God will pull on your guilt and your shame and that God will never be satisfied. There's, listen, There are some of you who go, yes, I am free. And some of you don't know Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus, let me beg you to know Jesus. Because if you don't, you're caught up. Like all the things that I'm saying here really don't apply to you. Because you really are controlled by those gods. And you really are manipulated by them. And you will be continued unless you have. Unless there's a God that's greater that can free you from this. But for those of you who know Jesus and you find yourself in great censorship, you go, God loves me so much that he'll die for me. And he did. God loves me so much that he'll sacrifice himself for me. And he did. And yet you go, man, I'm a piece of garbage. Man, I'll never be anything. You know, it's like my brother said or it's like my mother said or it's like my father said. You ain't nothing and you ain't never gonna be nothing. And and you you just walk around with that sort of shame. Here's what I know about you. Unless mom... Said unless mom approves of you, unless pop approves of you, and some of them are dead, so where's your approval? It's only in the past, and so they can never approve of you. Unless brother approves of you, unless he approves of you, unless she approves of you, then you can't have joy. I'm telling you, there's a better God out there. His name is Jesus. And we look, so do you need satisfaction? Do you need joy? Do you need peace? Do you need your shame to be removed? Do you need your guilt to be ridden of you? Do you Do you need comfort? Do you need security? Do you need to be able to forgive? You need all those things. Watch this. It's who you go to to find relief of those things that tell you who your real God is. Anybody remember this um, uh, R-O-L-A-I-D-S? Rolades spells relief. And some of us just aged ourselves. The teenagers know nothing of what we're What are they doing? That spelled Rolades. That didn't spell relief. And, and watch this. Rolades spell relief. How do you spell relief? We just stumbled on your God. Now listen I'm going I'm going to touch something that I didn't want to do it right I didn't want to do it but I got to do it right some of you some of you have made a god of your clean time All right now okay so like now that everybody's sufficiently uncomfortable right and just for some of you who don't know like 90% of the people who come to this church come from a uh, 12 step you know we got O A C A A A you know love and sex and all we got like we got a, we got a, a it's a mixed bag, okay? It's a mixed bag. And so we got everybody from everywhere. But listen to me. Your clean time is your God. And if and if your clean time today is a little bit more than it was yesterday, you're all right. And it doesn't matter if you treat your wife like crap, and it doesn't matter if your kids are ignored, and it doesn't matter if you would really invest in the important things of life. Got one more day. Got one more day. Now, don't hear me say that I don't want you to have one more day tomorrow. Okay, don't go, well, this is not going to be my God. Glug, glug, glug. Like, don't do that, right? You know, just, you know, don't, don't hear me say that. It's a good thing. Remember, I said, it's nothing, there's nothing wrong with security. There's nothing wrong with joy. There's nothing wrong with pleasure. There's nothing wrong with these things. There's nothing wrong with clean time. But when it's your God, then you will obey it, even if it means disobeying Jesus. Whatever it takes for you to stay clean and so you'll make decisions that are destructive to you and your family because you go i never want to use again listen it's a miserable place when you live in fear and trembling it's a miserable place like when you live in fear and trembling you just go i just can't use again i just can't use again and so what do you do you gotta go I gotta, I gotta, and, and, and don't hear me say don't go to meetings make, make, make more meetings now but don't let that be the place that you find your joy, your satisfaction, your peace your don't let that be the place that you go to for rest because that's not it Jesus is the place now what does that mean? because I've applied this to my heart I make meetings with a different twist now I go, who can I serve? Who can I love? Who can I help? Because I'm not coming to this thing so that, oh, God, if I, if I don't, you know, if I, if I miss a day, I'm going to, you know. Listen, I'm, now I'm coming more than ever. Why? Because I'm, I'm, I'm bringing peace, not seeking peace. I'm bringing joy, not seeking joy. I'm bringing satisfaction, not seeking satisfaction. And so now watch this. I want you guys who are, you know, my 12-steppers here, and I love you, and I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand because there's, I mean, there's like two people here who wouldn't raise their hand, right? And it's like, you know, that's not true. There's a, there's a, few, there's a few more. But, um, but here's the deal. Listen to me. Listen to me. I want you to make more meetings than ever. I just do. I want you to serve more than ever. I want you to love more passionately than ever. But I want you to, if you're looking for security, if you're looking for peace. Do you see how even something good can turn into something God? Can you see? You, like, I mean, honestly, is it? There was a, there was a person who was. And this is this is. I'm sort of making fifty thousand people into one person. This is sort of like a, a a collage of people that I'm making into one person. And he would come to this church all the time. I mean, started to serve in different ministries and come, And you know what happened? He relapsed. Don't you know that that happens sometimes? But that was the source of his joy. He doesn't come anymore. And I'm telling you, if I've seen this once, I've seen it a thousand times. They don't come to church anymore. And I, and, I, and I try to talk to them. I go, but no, no, no. Your satisfaction, your joy, your peace, of course you blew it. Of course you need to go back to the meetings. Of course you need to get help. Of course you need to stay clean. Of course you need to. That. But listen, that's not where your joy and your satisfaction is. Your joy and your satisfaction is in Jesus. So, okay, how do we do this? Now, I know some of you are sitting here and you were cool as long as I was talking about religious people. And you were cool as long as I was talking about somebody else's junk. But now that I hit on this mark, am like, oh, gosh, I gotta leave. Now I gotta go to somewhere else. Listen, 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 listen. Stay, stay, stay. But anything, watch this. Somebody finish this sentence. Anything that you put before God, you will you will lose. Anything that you put before God, you will lose. Don't put your clean time before God. I don't want you to lose it. Does that make sense? Don't put. Your, listen. Don't put anything before God. Don't lose peace and joy because you put it. And you try to gain it in ways that will make you worshiping an idol. Question comes then. Alright, so there are all these idols and there are ways that people worship them. How do I, how does this happen and how do I avoid them? Here's how it happens. Number one, you have a longing in your heart. You have a desire in your life. You have something that pulls on you. Now, when those things happen, how do you meet those needs? That is how you go to idols. But it's also how you run to Jesus. Here's what I mean. If when you start feeling really lonely, you come into your prayer closet and you go, God, I feel so lonely. I want this person to me. And you could be married. Listen to me. You could be married and feel lonely. You could be in a relationship and feel lonely. And then you know what you start doing? If you're, and, and this is worth saying, if you're in a marriage and you start feeling lonely, rather than running to Jesus, you get angry at your spouse. Why? Because your spouse, your God is not performing the way you want them to. You've sacrificed to them. You worship them and they're not getting right. You've brought them the head of cabbage. You brought them the, you know, you brought them the, 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 the sacrifice, the blood sacrifice and you brought them the lamb and you put all the things at your spouse's altar and then they haven't given you what you wanted. Shucks. What if when my spouse doesn't respond and I still need someone to fill me because I still need that. Don't you need love? Don't you need attention? Don't you need affection? I'm not saying that that's a... Don't you need your clean type? Sure. What if I went to God and I said, God, this is breaking my heart. I've always looked to her for affection, attention. I've always looked to him for affection I've always looked to it for affection and attention. I've always gone to that, and I feel like a fish out of water. I want peace that comes from you. and as we read God's word and we start opening God's word and we start seeing, God you mean, God, you will satisfy me? You will give me all that I need. And out of the abundance of satisfaction and joy and peace that you feel. God might even direct you and say, now I want you to serve her in this issue. And you go, but my needs aren't met. Oh, wait, my needs were met. But they weren't met by her. They were met by you. And so now, now... What does that mean? Do I work, uh, you know, if, if I need security, I go to work, right? But now I just, God, I need more security. So I'm not trying to manipulate. I'm not trying to cut anybody's throat. I go to the Lord and I say, Lord, I need more finances. I need to be able to, you know, deal, you know, to do this so that way I can be, listen, God, I'm coming to you, not so I can get something from you, but so I can get you. D- do you see the difference? We go to our idols to get what we really want. We go to God to get Him. I don't go to God so He could fix the relationship. I go to God. The relationship is broken and so am I. Won't you feel me? God, I feel miserable. Won't you? I want to rest in you. How does that happen? It happens, brothers and sisters, as we open up God's Word. As we open up God's Word and we meditate and God starts speaking into our hearts through His Word that we start seeing God in a different way. That we start seeing God as the fulfillment. I was talking to somebody about this this week and here's what it was. He was walking down the street. He has a significant amount of clean time and he was walking down the street and he saw one of his old copping, you know, people that he used with and one of the people that he used to, you know, do bad things with, right? He's walking down the street and he sees that guy And something deep inside of him. Why? Because he's been feeling miserable lately. Something deep inside of him cried out and said, yo, ask that guy to get you a couple of things. Right? Ask that guy to get you. And it was so strong within him that, you know, it was only a miracle of God that it didn't happen. You know, he was walking with his kid, and his kid said, I want to go home. And it just kind of struck. Now, when I was sitting down with him, I was like, I'm grateful that you didn't pick up. Man, I'm just so happy. Like, I hope you hear my heart on this. I hope you don't hear me say, and I don't want people to pick up. I mean, it's miserable when people pick up. But listen to me. Listen to me. He just, he transferred from one God, this guy, to another God, his kid. I'm glad I got him out of this situation, but here's a better idea. How's about going? Jesus, here's the truth about me. I'm going through so much stress that I want pleasure I want to feel satisfaction. And if that means going to that guy, that's what I want to do. Would you change me? Would you fill me with you? Going and being as honest. Listen, I don't even believe that you're going to fill me. With, and, and that's what I hear from a ton of people who tell me, yeah, but you don't understand that. When it's been 18 years. It's been two years. It's been... And they tell me about the distance of time that they haven't had the very real God that they long for. And I go, oh, boy. We've got some work to do. Because are you saying that it's been 18 years since you haven't been satisfied in the Lord? That it's been two years since you've been filled with the presence and joy of God? Ah, Listen, it takes on a whole new idea of the way we listen to god we are all all of our proclivity is to is to go to idols i beg you don't run to idols run to jesus and here's how you do it as honestly as you can this is what i want you to do this week i just simply want you to run to jesus when something calls out to you when it's you know if it's to lie if it's to overeat if it's to go to some place in order to get a satisfaction if it's to watch this thing it's to do this thing whatever it is for you I want you to run to Jesus and ask him to fill the need that you so desperately have. And listen, don't go to him so that he'll give you what you originally wanted. Don't go to him and say, well, I went to God, and I hear this all the time, well, I went to God and he didn't fix my marriage. All right, so God didn't help you with your real God. I went to God and he didn't, and I got fired anyway. Okay, so God didn't help you with your real God. I went to God and he didn't help me with my health okay so God didn't help you with your real God I went to God and he didn't give me the promotion okay so God didn't help you with your real God now can we go to God for just for him man it would be something if my wife if I found out that my, the reason my wife sleeps with me is so that she could get something else that would be something like would that would that not offend guys can I get an amen like would that not offend you like, if my wife came to me and said, ooh, I need a refrigerator. I know how I'll get that. And then, come on, baby. Like, if, if that happened to me, I would be heartbroken. Let me tell you why. Because she's using me to get what she really wants. She doesn't want me. She's using me to get what she really wants. And here's what God is telling you. Can we, can we put the refrigerator on the side? Can we come into the bedroom just because you long for me? God doesn't call it a bedroom. He calls it a closet. Is it possible that we've been using God and not loving him? Is it possible that we only want God in so far as he gives us our real gods, our children's health, our children being raised right, our marriage being fixed listen, 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 listen some of you only want God in so far as he fixes your issue and once he does marriage, relationship, finances you're out of here because God finally delivered your real God and I'm just saying don't do it I'm just saying don't do it how's about let's go to God because here's a, here's a crazy idea he's God let's go to him and watch this Watch this. If I stay paralyzed, I can rejoice in you because you're a great God. Lord, you give me the joy. And I I know that all that we see isn't all that there is. And one day I'll be able to get out of this chair and dance and sing with the angels because you will give me. Lord, I want her affection for me. But Lord, through my tears, tell me, what do you think of my eyes? Tell me, what do you you think of me? Would you be affectionate towards me? Would you love me? Lord, I want my security in that thing. But Lord, I'm I'm not coming to you for that. Lord, would you give me security? I mean, everything else all around me is falling apart. Would you give me something to hold on to? And it doesn't happen in your imagination. It happens as you open God's word and you see formally when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature were not God's. But, but now that you know God, and I love this thing, he says this, or rather are known by God. Listen, it's not so much that we know God. God knows us. It's not so much that we, we feel our need for God. God knows what our needs are. And he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask or think. And that doesn't mean that he gives you the big car and the nice house. And it doesn't mean that he fixes the marriage. It means he gives you himself. And then, is that enough? And if not, run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. We're going to sing a song. It's called, and it's a fast-paced song. It's an energetic song. And it's gonna, it, the song is called Worthy of Our Praise. And, I, and it says words like this, I will give you all my worship. I will give you all my praise. You alone, I long to worship. You alone are worthy of my praise. Listen, not my dominating, not my overpowering, not my security, not my satisfaction, not my joy. No, no, no. You alone. And so we're going to sing that. Like we believe it. I want you, as we um, get ready to sing this, Gus is going to come back and uh, Gus is going to come up and he's going to share with us, but this is what I want you to do. There's a yellow card inside your bulletin. And listen. Inside that bulletin, if you're here for the first time, fill out as much as you feel comfortable with. Listen. Listen. On the side where it says what I intend to do, I just, what I, my decision today, I want you to decide to run to Jesus. I just want you to put those words down. Run to Jesus. And that means this week, God is gonna, God, you're going to go, I'm going to run to Jesus. And you know what's going to happen? That means this week, God is going to start tugging at some of your gods. Isn't that cool? He might get that guy out of there. Isn't that great? He might get that girl to hit the road. There might be a pink slip in there for you. Isn't that neat? And it'll give you an opportunity. It'll give you an opportunity to go, God, I've put all of my trust and all of my faith on her, it, them, that. But now I know that I want to put on. Don't put it down. Don't put it down unless. I know we're only going to see six or seven of these. Don't put it down unless you want God to get rid of your gods because he's serious about this. He's like a husband. And, uh, you know, a husband who sees his wife flirting with some other dude mm. is not a happy dude. Mm. Violence can happen. Okay. Hmm. You understand what I'm saying? Listen. Run to Jesus. Not run to my girlfriend. Not run to my boyfriend. Not run to my job. Not run to my- Run to Jesus. Not run to my lies. Not run to my principles. Run to Jesus. I double-dog dare you to put that down and trust God Thank you. When the fears and the worries of life kick up this week and see what God does and then run to Him in His Word every day as you're opening up God's Word and you're reading it and you're just not reading it but you're allowing it to sink in you and you're asking God for and He starts speaking to you. Listen, I think great things can happen in your life and mine. I'm going to pray for you. Father, You are a gracious and holy God. And, And Lord, the truth is that a bunch of us here are just idolaters. We don't have statues, and we don't have sticks, and we don't have marble or granite or glass images. We have worse than that. Images that have been placed in our hearts that we replace you with. Some of us have been walking with you for years and have been running to that false god. Some of us have been, Lord, I can only speak for myself. I know that I've run to these false gods to give me satisfaction, and I've looked to them for joy and peace and power and strength. But, Lord, you alone are worthy of praise. So, Father, as we go through this week, as we go through our depressions, as we go through our anxieties, as we go through our fears, as we go through our terrors, as we go through the things that are that we really think are important to us, as they start getting erased from our lives, Lord, my prayer is that we wouldn't run back to those things, but we'd run to You. And that if nothing else, our, our little idols, our little gods would be revealed. Show us that, O oh God. For we do pray in Jesus' name.